0: You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network.
1: Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza.
0: Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of Quarantine and Chill, the podcast within Disability After Dark, where I sit down with disabled people that I love and care about and talk to them about their experiences as we make our way through this rocky, turbulent, weird pandemic time. And I make sure to uplift the voices of disabled people because we don't hear about them enough during the the pandemic time, and I want to make sure we hear about them constantly. So that's why Quarantine and Chill exists. So that's what today is. So get comfy cozy crippled and quarantined and let's get quarantine and chill started. This is episode 23 of Quarantine and Chill. I'm looking to record episode 25 and 26 and up. So if you want to be on the show and you want to want to tell me more about your experience being a disabled person during the pandemic, email me at disabilityafterdark@gmail.com at using the, su- the subject line Quarantine and Chill and I would love to have you on an episode. But now, really, truly, let's get started. I have to say, I think that this was one of the sexiest quarantine and chill episodes I've ever recorded in the history of this series so far. I sat down with my friend and repeat guest, Mike Matlock, a.k.a. The Cripple Critic. He was on episode 150, and people wrote in to us about our initial episode, about how sexy and cute we were together and how flirty it was. And this one is no exception. We flirted with each other the whole hour that we were chatting. But instead of talking, and we we tried to stick to the the quarantine and chill questions that I had laid out, but we went off on so many tangents. We talked about why Mike thinks he's a mutant. We talked about wheelchairs breaking down. We talked about... um his experiences with SMA drugs, we talk about a whole lot of stuff. Mike Matlock is one of my all-time favorite guests. He's so funny and so quick-witted. It was such a joy to just sit down with him and have a chat, and I really liked all the tangents that we went on and all the funny things we said to each other. It was just really nice to sit down with a disabled person and have a chat, and that's kind of what this episode ended up being. It wasn't straight through the questions. There was a lot of back and forth and a lot of like joking and it was just really, really fun to record. So I want to, I want to invite you to come into our little flirty hour with my friend Mike Matlock on this episode of Quarantine and Chill right here on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability story with me, Andrew Gerza. Mike Matlock, hello. Hey there. Hey, thank you so much for being here today again. I'm so happy to welcome you back, especially so not only because you're now on Quarantine and Chill again after your, you were on episode 150 of our of the regular show.
1: Oh yeah, and we got raunchy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did. And now hey. I wanted to bring you back on A Quarantine and Chill because I loved your voice. And it was super hot, and it turned me on. So I was like, "I want to talk to him again for an hour." So here's an okay. excuse for me to do that. So here we are. But also, what nice to have you here today because we already recorded this fucking episode like a month ago. And then Andrew, being the consummate professional that I am, yeah, right. I lost the file somewhere, and I was about to put it up to to put it in to put it in the rotation of shows, yeah. and I was like. Oh fuck, where is it? And then I realized that I
1: deleted it. Yeah, it so, happens, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. deja vu, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> dude,
0: <laughs> it is deja vu. But I always like seeing your smiling face and talking to you. So it's
1: For those who can't see, I'm smiling.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, yeah, I w- Okay, let me describe you. Because it's a thing people do on Zoom now okay. for people who can't hear. So I'll describe you. You are, you are a hot dude with a beard, who uses a wheelchair with gla- glasses oh. and dark hair and like sultry eyes. I don't know how do you how do you do this description <laughs> thing. I don't know.
1: Oh shucks, that is nice.
0: Are you blushing?
1: Yeah, a black man can can
0: blush.
1: <laughs> 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 I I know they can and Uh, i made you blush yes
0: (laughs) well i mean you did last time we talked too so this is true um so mike how is your tell me well first of all reintroduce yourself to the audience tell us who you are tell us a little bit about your disabilities and tell us how's how's quarantine going
1: okay Do you want me to tell you what i do were just like...
0: Sure, that too. Sure, sure. Yeah, I do all
1: that. My name's Mike Matlock. I'm 31 years old. I'm freaking old. Uh, I have the disability SMA type 2, uh, which is a genetic disorder that weakens my muscles over time. But it doesn't affect my brain or my sexual development. Uh, we talked about that before. Yeah, we did. But I also... I'm a gaming journalist. I write articles about video games, but mainly a focus on accessibility for disabled gamers. I also have a YouTube channel where I go by The Crippled Critic. Uh, I do the same thing. I've taught classes to developers about accessibility and panels uh different parts of country and, and Europe. So, yeah, that's what I do. It's
0: kind of a big deal, folks. So you should... You should hire Mike to do for all your gaming needs and for yeah, all your, please. Yeah, hire him. Hire him, people. <laughs> you and you all know you need some remote gaming people right now to talk about shit. Mike is the perfect one for that. So hire him with all the things. And you need diversity and, in this field, so pay him and, money.
1: You know, we just do it over video chat too. It's perfect. Time. Yeah. In a way,
0: nobody has to go anywhere. Nobody has to do yeah. anything. It's great. It's perfect. Um, so, with SMA, hey, I just heard that isn't there a new SMA drug that the FDA just approved to to lessen some of the uh, the stuff with SMA? Uh, are
1: you saying there's something new? Like, Or oh, you mean the treatment for it? Yeah,
0: there's some kind of drug that just came out?
1: Well, yeah, there's a bunch of new ones, actually. I'm I don't know. I guess we didn't talk about it or maybe we mentioned it uh, like I was a, I was going to start treatment last time. We were, you know, not not the last time, but the first time. The first time, time? yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's something called Spinraza. It was one time an experimental drug but FDA had approved it about two years ago, I think, and it is Spinal Shots. Which is fun, um, but the idea is it, it will help build muscle. It's done wonders for children with SMA. Um, but you know, when you're young and you have SMA, there's a lot more of a time period where you hadn't have your muscles weakened yet. Yeah, uh, but there's still they've done studies on adults who have some improvement. Um, I don't know if you want me to tell you my experience with it, but uh, I mean,
0: sure, sure.
1: You're pretty crazy. Uh, I feel like I'm a mutant. <laughs> and, I, and I mean that in a good way. I remember when I first did it, you know, you're you're kind of on a hospital bed and they've got needles in you. And um, But, like, I've also had surgeries on my back. I don't know if you have. Yep. People, oh, you have? Well, I kind of wondered because a lot of people with SMA and even other disabled people tend to get scoliosis.
0: Oh yeah, it's our best friend. Hey, hey scoliosis, uh, what up?
1: Did you just say what up the scoliosis?
0: Yeah I did. I just said what up scoliosis. Hey, I feel you, I got you. Hey what up? What up?
1: Yeah I did. Well they yeah, I had uh, the Harrington rod surgery. You know,
0: Me right. too. Oh, yep. Yep.
1: Whereas uh, I got the one
0: <laughs> I got the one that like goes into your hips and like It's really, it makes you look like the bionic man.
1: Yeah. I had, I had them when I was eight. Um, and what's really kind of freaky is when I went to get the procedure done, they do, you know, they do it in your spine. They inject it into your, um, spine. And I'm not going to go into the like details. Some people are really. Listen,
0: all I'm going to say is I want things injected into my backside, but that is not one of them. Ah
1: yeah it's not as fun as it sound um <laughs> but the thing is, when I went to get it done, they you know did x-rays just to make sure well, they wanted to see where would be the best place to go in um and they had trouble because apparently my bones had grown over the metal around the spine, which is. The doctor was laughing because I looked. I was like, so it accepted the metal as as its own. I'm like a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but they actually ended up having to go right into my neck instead of my spine, which Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a freaky experience. Um I don't know if you ever had a spinal shot. It's I like, haven't.
0: At least it, I haven't when I was awake.
1: No, I'm awake. They give you at least for me, they gave me fentanyl. Um, which my first thought was just, isn't that that drug that everyone's getting addicted to? I mean, that's not true. It's more just...
0: I mean, it's, it sort of is. It sort of is. Content everything. warning addiction. Content warning right. addiction.
1: But I mean, it's not. Obviously, anything in large doses is bad, but... Uh, except... except nice, but,
0: everything in large doses is bad except certain things. Then it's totally fine. And... I think we all know what I'm talking about. This is like the flirtiest quarantine chill that I think I've ever done. So, no, it's not. Mean, <laughs> isn't it?
1: <laughs> um, wait, what were we talking? about?
0: I don't even remember. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let me move, let me let me move that. Yeah, but anyway,
1: that was it's a crazy experience, and it has I've actually seen some good results from it over the. I guess it's been a year since I started. Uh, and it's little things, you know. My breathing is a lot better. Like, I, I don't know about you. Sometimes uh, when I eat, if I get choked up, it's like just 30 minutes of coughing. Um, but now, I don't know. I, one, like, <laughs> and I'm good, you know. Uh, same with my chewing is a little better. Uh, people say that my face doesn't, like, I guess, contort like it used to when I would talk. And I think what they mean is uh, the muscles in my face are getting stronger. It's a little things, so though, not something you'd like. I'm not walking or, you know, punching someone.
0: Aw, <laughs> uh, so close. To Okay, this is a totally not Quarantine Show-related question. But okay. do you want a cure for your SMA? Like if they if they came out tomorrow with a pill that was like, Yo, SMA won't be an issue anymore, would you take it? Is it
1: Well, I mean that's I had to go through that thought process with this drug. Um I for years, ever since I was a child, I've heard doctors say like, you know, we're working on it and it's totally coming and um I I think I learned to not keep you know get my hopes up. Yeah uh, and this, and I, I think it's been easier accepting who I was and just like, you know, not worrying about it. But uh, with this, you know, there was a lot of talk about it, really improving your life and changing it for the better. But there were, there were side effects, you know what I mean? There were anything that's worth anything is gonna have side effects. That's what I, I, I think that's the thing. If, if you hear of a drug that has no side effects, it's probably not doing anything for you. <laughs> Um, but still with anything, there's a risk. And, you know, I I had to kind of go through that idea of, is it worth it? And I, you know, my my boyfriend at the time really helped me because he, he, uh, had epilepsy and he kind of dealt with different kinds of drugs over the years. Um, and even he thought like, go for it. You know, what's the worst, you know, are you, you know, Go bigger or go home, but uh, yeah, I I would. It's basically the answer. I would definitely take it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I only ask because, um, you know, it's we always talk about in the disability communities about, you know, I don't want a cure. I love my disabled body, but I like I love being disabled. Yes, but fuck, if somebody offered me a cure for my CP, I would take it.
1: Well. Okay, well, having said that, I do think there's a difference between, like, being brave and throwing your life away. Because I don't know if you remember this a few years ago. There was some... there's a big controversy about this Russian dude uh, with SMA who was, like, thinking of doing, like, a brain transplant. I'm, have you not heard of this?
0: No, really?
1: It was so silly and insane. Um, because the doctor, of course had no backing from any legitimate um, person. Oh, like, dear. I, but he's claimed to be able to be the first person to, you know, transplant someone's brain. Um, and I remember, look, like, kind of looking into the, the guy with SMA, and I just thought, like, you've got a girlfriend, you're happy, like, don't throw your life away.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so so I you're saying that you would,
0: you would take a cure, you would take, or some sort of thing that would change your experience a little bit if it didn't change your whole who you were.
1: Yeah. Or I'm not going to do something stupid just because I'm not happy in the moment. You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. Give me some proof this thing's going to work.
0: And also, a brain transplant? What? That just sounds something out like of a sci-fi movie.
1: I know. Oh. Uh, I'll just show you one. It's crazy. It never happened. But
0: no and if they ever offer that to you the answer is no the answer yeah. will be no 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 thanks no um uh alright let's let's get back on our quarantine chill quest because you're a nerd I'll say quest because <laughs> I feel like that will like tickle some nerd thing in you um
1: yeah. what quest yeah yeah, no, be a nerd.
0: I mean, you are a nerd, and it's. I yeah. feel like. I feel like you own that, right? Am I? I mean, judging from what I see on your back wall, there, I see X Men. I see. Know. I see what is the one right by your head?
1: Oh, that's actually a Demi Hendrix poster with like, but he 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 looks more like a Hindu god. He's surrounded by like other Hindu god. It's pretty cool. It's psychedelic. Like
0: I mean, I'm here for that. I'm here for that so hard. Uh, And also, Jimi Hendrix is hot as fuck. Just going to put that out there. Because I remember Okay, another weird tangent before I get to the real part of the episode. But uh, Uh I remember listening to Jimi Hendrix when I was like 12 and 13, having never heard of who he was. My mom played a tape of Jimi Hendrix. And I fell in love. I was like, I don't know who this person is. But every word he says, I'm like, yep, I like this.
1: It's great. I always thought it was funny. Uh, You know, he was in the army and he was discharged for masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Papers, you can like find it online. It's hilarious.
0: Oh, Jimmy, I'm here for that.
1: I know, right?
0: (laughs) I'm here for that so hard. Um, In all the ways. Uh, So I want to ask you about quarantine and chill a little bit. Now, so living as somebody with as many complex disabilities as you have, Mike, um, a lot of people without disabilities right now are saying that all of this quarantining, all this stuff is like the new normal and, and like the new, like, you know, oh, well, it's the new normal now being inside. But so many of us with disabilities who have been kind of social distancing for a very long time, way before this are like, no, hey, this is our lives. How do you feel about all that? Do you feel like this is, the new normal or do you feel like this is just a continuation of what you do in your day anyway?
1: Well, I would admit that my job about stayed the same. You know, I write things online. I uh, (sighs) make videos online, you know, and that's in a way it's good. I've told people I've been kind of throwing myself into my work ever since the pandemic started because for one, it's easier for me to stay sane if I have a routine but also I felt like I've been able to connect with people online a lot more recently uh actually in the last episode that I was on I was really surprised and happy to be connected to more people through this I met I e-met someone um in Brazil who had type 2 SMA and was gay uh
0: Oh wow! The afterdog bringing people together hey yeah. cool
1: Like, what that's awesome that's Come cool on. and he really and, and he actually talked about how me being on the podcast and you and I kind of talking about our you know sexual experiences helped him you know want to get into dating because he was really shy and introverted so I just thought that was awesome and it helped me like wake up from any depression I had because, you know, some days I don't feel like I'm helping anyone. And then I get a message like that and I'm like, wake up, Mike, do your job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I feel you like that. I feel like especially right now with the quarantine, I feel like even though I'm pumping out the content and I'm doing this podcast, there are days where I'm like, my thoughts aren't helping anybody. This is why am I doing this? Stop doing it. It's not worth it.
1: Well, I understand.
0: So I get it. But do you feel like just so you you're actually saying that you get more work right now because everybody's at home?
1: Right. Uh but there are you know I have a caregiver who comes every day in the morning and the evening, um and he's older. He's in his seventies. So I that is something I you know, I had to worry about because I don't want to bring anything to him. Uh I'm also not in the best of shape i used to kind of think that well i'd never really get sick so i'm not you know i should you know i think i felt like some people early on in the pandemic was like i'm fine but then the more i thought about it and more other people said like my lungs aren't that strong so yeah maybe i should take it easy and not (laughs) expose myself to any kind of virus uh but i i stay indoors anyway but uh, I also have a friend who helps get my groceries. I'm lucky and blessed, you know. I think I retweeted that post you did about like caregivers, how important they are to us during the this time because they're essential and they don't get paid anything. Um, it's true.
0: I mean, it is true. They are really essential. So, tell me a little bit more about your care experience. During the pandemic, like, what's that been like, like with that guy that's helping you? And, like, do you feel concerned for them? Do you, like, make them wear PPE? Like, what's – how does that work for you?
1: Well, he's thankfully really smart and makes sure to wear a mask when he's out. Uh, he didn't – the good thing is right, I guess, around when this started, he had stopped seeing other patients and really just sees me. And he also lives, like, like right down the street. So uh it's been a lot less stressful because of that. If I had new people come in every day it would really I, I it's already annoying, you I'm sure you know when you have to deal with new people and kind oh, of yeah. explain to them every little thing about, you know, your bathing habits or, you know, move me this way and then of course in the morning, you know, strangers seeing you naked. Great. I oh. have
0: so many feelings about that right now. We had a staff member where I live here, uh, they they trained, and they were training, and they would come in in the morning, and you never met them, and they would watch you do your stuff. And so I, I, I relented, and I was like, okay, I'll let them watch. Like, I don't love it, but okay, fine. And then I find out that, like, two weeks later, they quit. And I was like, so all of us that had to let them come in here and watch us do that, we got we basically had to let this stranger who we'll never see again watch us crap. Great.
1: It's fun, right? Uh, and you know, I, I get used to it, but like, like I said, I'm I'm happy to have caregivers I'm used to and, and it's been pretty consistent.
0: So you, do you feel a sense of safety in that regard?
1: I do. Um I you know, I still Have to kind of go to doctors and uh, get checkups, and I think early on I didn't even go anywhere. Uh, But you know, the longer it lasted, the more times passed, and we need. You know, actually, I my chair is broken right now. My motorized wheelchair. Um, A lot of bad stuff happened all at once. Oh
0: no! It's broken during the pandemic, and why? So they won't come out because.
1: Well, God, it's a. It's a pain. I'm sure you understand it. Uh, every time I need like a part fixed, um, I need like approval from my doctor and then my insurance. and It's just like it takes way longer than it needs to. Uh,
0: what the audience can see is that I'm rolling my eyes super hard because everything Mike's describing, even though I live in a place with free healthcare, all that is true when I need a chair repair. I have I'm, to get it.
1: I'm curious. I actually wanted to know if it was different. No,
0: it's the same in terms of wheelchairs. If it breaks, you have to call your insurance, get them to approve whatever the repair is, and then they have to call the repair team and set up the appointment for you without any input from you. And then you get a call back from the repair team that's like, oh, we're, we're scheduled for this day. Best of luck to you. We'll be there soon.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It makes no sense sometimes. Like, they say your chair is broken, but you need to go to your doctor to get approval, and like, how am I supposed to get to my doctor, my chair?
0: <laughs> That's a really great question.
1: And they're just like, I don't know. Um,
0: uh, that, that made, like, can you Zoom with your doctor right now to be like, yo, my well, chair is...
1: That was what I thought at first. I was like, okay, maybe I could just do that for a while. But the crazy thing is, I had asked my insurance about that, I think, last month, and they said, oh, That only covered the first month. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) The pandemic's still happening. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, that might not be every insurance, but mine. So, uh, Well, whatever
0: Mike's insurance is, could you get better, please? Like, whoa.
1: Yeah. Uh, But I'm making progress. I kept telling people, though, I feel like the universe is telling me to stay indoors. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I feel like the universe is telling all of us to just don't die. Just please try to live longer. Uh-huh. don't uh, die don't die um, yeah totally so I want to ask you Mikey what is the best and worst part of social think for you let's start with the best
1: the best part is, like I said it gives me more time to focus on my job and connecting with people even people that maybe hadn't connected with before or people have been so long. Um, I think it's important to stay social, even online. Um, the worst, even though I'm very introverted, I do like to go out every now and then, uh, just to kind of you know, get that energy from people. Um, and I think everyone's feeling that sort of depression, not being able to go out. Um, and also dating. God, it's almost impossible.
0: <laughs> I mean, it literally is now impossible. Like, I've heard uh,
1: some people say, I heard some girls that I knew say that she had like a OK Cupid video date. And I was like, OK.
0: <laughs> that's cool. But like, yeah. what, if, what if you want to like touch afterwards? I know. <laughs> and like, I think that's what people forget is like for us, I think for disabled people with complex disabilities like ours. A Zoom date's nice, and that's totally possible, but I want to be able to hug you if I want to, or, like, if we want to make out and there's consent there, I want to kiss you afterwards. Like, I want to be able to do that, and if I can't do that, like, I haven't seen my, as everybody listening to all my episodes knows now, I haven't seen my sex worker in almost eight months, and it's a little bit like, okay, if somebody doesn't help me blow my load soon, I'm going to crack.
1: I'm so sorry, dude.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I feel I mean, pain. I feel I mean, it. We talk all the time, but like, if someone doesn't dick me down really soon, I'm gonna be very
1: upset. Well, it's been a while for me too. Um, I don't really know how to describe this, but I, I, I've figured out a way in my, in my 30 years, uh, kind of masturbating, so I've been okay, not physically with my hands, uh, it's, it's mental it's all mental uh I don't even know how to kind of go down that i'm so curious uh, like
0: what is your what how
1: well it, it i sort of figured it out after a long time of looking at porn and being frustrated uh i'm sure you understand that oh uh, yes i
0: do a hundred thousand percent yeah i've got it
1: a lot of it has to do with tantric sex um i guess like sort of that idea of um, but well, I don't know. This has turned into a whole different. <laughs>
0: really different
1: but basically. It's adorable
0: movie. that you're shy about. Did well, you not? Hear, did you not hear our last episode? You were so forthcoming. You could be. You could tell. You could.
1: I'm trying to be better. Okay. Okay. Um. Just then,
0: switch into the dirty mic that I know is deep in uh, there. It's okay.
1: it's all right. See, that's what he wants. Got to give people what they want.
0: Yeah, um, that's what they want. <laughs>
1: Well, it's, it was a combination of weed and just concentration, flexing, you know, Kegels. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, oh,
0: it, all right.
1: It's obviously not the best, and it's not, like, the same as a real person with you. Uh, but, hey, these tough times.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you got to take things into your own hands. Or not. Or no- Oh, yeah, that's right, or not. Or not.
1: But I feel your pain, and I think I'm glad you understand. This, you know, we we definitely enjoy human touch and, and, and affection, I think, almost more than most people.
0: Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I think it's a lot of disabled people. We don't get the kind of touch that people take for granted. We don't get that. So when you finally get the chance to have it, like, it's – I am so excited for the moment when I'm allowed to, like – Mm-hmm. Touch my sex worker and like i just and I said I he knows I was like when we get the chance to see each other again like
1: you're just gonna blow like immediately I,
0: yeah it's I'm gonna be done in two minutes and then you then you'll yeah, like, get
1: touch your, yeah touch your ear and you're like oh
0: yeah pretty much that's literally what's gonna happen literally what's gonna happen um <laughs> um but that's cool that you figured out
1: yeah that's one good thing right. <laughs>
0: A quarantine hack, <laughs> a sexy quarantine hack.
1: I like that. That's a good description.
0: <laughs> so, does it make? Okay, I'm gonna be direct here. Does it oh, make you come?
1: Yeah, uh, not. It's it's weird because I can't see it. Usually, I'm not like naked. That would be hilarious. My caregiver walks in. Oops. <laughs> um, don't look. Uh, <laughs> I can't really see, but. Uh, and sometimes it's—I don't know what you'd call like retrograde ejaculation, where it's like it, it, nothing comes out, but you still feel the, you know, endorphins and.
0: I've never heard of the retrograde ejaculation before. Is uh, a thing?
1: Oh, oh, dude, it's not great. Uh, but <laughs> obviously, it's better to come. It feels better. But, um, yeah, and the, I don't know. It takes a while, and it's. Uh, but, you know, it can be frustrating. Dude, I, I think, okay, when you're young, it's like you want to grow up and just have sex. And when you get to be an adult, it's like, oh, uh, it's a big, you know, it's like a pain. Because you're just, the, the, the horniness is, it distracts you from your life, you know?
0: Yeah. And then when you can, like, with at least with my sex burger before COVID, once every three weeks, I was getting, you know, some good quality dicks. So I was quite happy. And now it's like, I'm a ravenous Feral fucking dog, because I'm like, could somebody just touch me, please? That isn't my attendant, he's not wearing 50 gloves I, in and out of my house every day.
1: I, dude, I was a king last year. Remember, I had two boyfriends, I was so happy. Now I have zero.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, womp womp.
1: <laughs>
0: COVID is real. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to segue into the next piece of it, so. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but let me try. Um, So, as somebody with all of your disabilities and the complex disability you have, if you could, and I want to drive home the point to people how important it is for non-disabled, non-immunocompromised people to stay home and heed the advice of, you know, medical professionals and not fucking Donald Trump. Uh,
1: Right. So a mask please
0: yeah wear a fucking mask but could you describe for us what you think would happen to you as somebody with SMA if you got the virus and what would and what do you think that would look like and what scares you the most about getting the virus
1: what's well I guess like I said before I'm mostly concerned about the people around me um, my caregivers you know because if he got it I'm kind of screwed. Uh, obviously there are other caregivers in the um, company, but still, like, I've been with him for six years, or, well, not that, I think it's been four years, uh, but a long time, and it's hard to get used to new people, and I care about them, too, uh, and I have a lot of elderly people around me. You know, I, I worry more about what how they affect them uh, and how I'd be without help, you know? Yeah. You So, break me if I'm wrong, you live in an assisted living kind
0: of? Uh, Supportive housing, yeah. So they, I run the show and I do all the stuff and then they have, they miss the show. Oh. Well, no, but I'm the the boss of my own, my own like schedule and then they, they come in as I need them. So they come in about five times a day.
1: That's okay. I was wondering because I know you posted about being tested like four times i was like oh god
0: five times now five times (laughs) um i get tested pretty regularly right now because it's free here and they came directly to my house so i was like
1: not free here
0: (laughs) yeah i know it's ridiculous so i was like well because it's free and they're offering it i'm gonna do it so i'm probably gonna do it again in two months so that i can make sure that i'm you know taking care of myself
1: so i've I've heard conflicting things about the test. My, okay, so my sister is actually a nurse. And a guy like you, she's been tested like eight times. Because any time she coughs or something, they're like, get out, you know. Yeah,
0: come in, come in, yeah, yeah.
1: And she isn't. She never had it. She's always been negative. But she, but she, she always gets sick from something else, like like a you know, a lung infection or something. But she told me that the test... God, are, like, really not as easy as I thought. Like, they're, I mean, they're easy, but they, she said they, like, use a Q-tip, and you have to go all the way back to the back of your nose, and I'm like, ah.
0: It's really not that horrible. Honestly. Okay. Like, I, like, I thought the same thing you thought before I got tested, and then when they came to my house with the first swab, I was like, that's it? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. And so I've had it done now five times, and I'm really, I'm really not scared of it anymore. It's really not Whatever, I think they changed testing from when they were originally testing okay. to what do they have now. But what they're using now to go far, and if they're not gentle with it, yeah, it, it stings a little bit. It can make your nose bleed, but it's not horrible. Like, you and I have had rods in our spine.
1: It's not, it really isn't that bad. Um, well, I know, and, and that's, I guess we're pretty tough, right? In that way, as far as pain. Um, yeah. I had a tattoo for the first time last year, and I was like, that's it? Really? Uh, I only had a small one, though. It was pretty small
0: on my hand. Um, I have like, six.
1: Whoa, oh, you beat me.
0: So, yeah, and, like, some that really yeah. didn't feel super nice, but they look amazing.
1: I think I sent you the one I had, right? It's actually a, it's sort of done, like, a wedding ring around my finger. I had my my late boyfriend's initials on it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry that he passed.
1: yeah, I thank you. It's been tough, like I said this it's like a bunch of things all happened at once um but i I'm trying to get some you know well, actually I have therapy now on on some antidepressants fun fun uh, but how I, are you,
0: how are you finding therapy as a disabled person?
1: Oh, that's a good. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot tougher than I thought. And I do want to say real quick that I didn't used to be the person that would, like, go to therapy. I used to be very, like, cynical about it and say, oh, I don't need that. That's just people complaining. Um, and I want people to realize that, like, there's no shame in needing to talk to someone. Um, it's actually healthy, I think.
0: It is. And especially if you have, I think if you have complex disabilities like we do, or, or any or any kind of disability, I think it's important that you consider therapy if it's accessible to you, because, because if it's accessible to you and something you want to engage in, then it can be really helpful. Sometimes it can be shit. I've had really crappy therapists, too, where I've spent the whole hour explaining why I'm disabled to them, and that's like, well, why am I paying? Why why am I giving you money for this? Well, why?
1: But, I always love going to a doctor. Well, sarcasm. I always love going to a doctor. And then having to explain to them what my disability is.
0: Yeah, and it's like, what? what? It happens so, what
1: you think, people.
0: <laughs> so, but do you feel like in this in this weird climate we're in, are you able to, like, Zoom with your therapist? How do you do it?
1: Well, once I finally got a therapist that I liked and was comfortable with, because it was a long process. I don't know about Canada, but in our country, like, mental health is such a joke people don't take it seriously. Um, and I don't really think they think of it as a necessity. So whenever I would look for it, you know, I had very few options when it came to my insurance. Uh, and even then they, I still had like copay. uh, but, um, I found one I really like. He's really cool. And yeah, we've only been doing zoom conference calls actually, uh, and uh, for me, it's good just to have someone to bounce these thoughts off of. Uh, I'm always in my own head, and it's helpful to kind of get an opinion that's not my own.
0: <laughs> and I guess, <clears throat> I guess you're even more in your own head now with the yeah. pandemic being what it is.
1: Um, but it's been rough. But I, I I've been trying to take the necessary steps. My late boyfriend's sister has been really cool and we've been getting close and helping each other through it I think, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, I, I remember the last time we spoke you were so enamored with him and so like happy I with that. So...
1: He is, I called him a Sweet Man. That was his know, nickname because he was he would do anything for you. He's really smart. He was a programmer, so we're both nerds, you know? Um, and yeah, I think he'd done a lot for people and, and uh, he we had the nerd thing, obviously, but also a sort of disability connection where he had epilepsy. Uh, and I think so we kind of understood each other, you know? Uh, oh yeah, he was awesome.
0: Again, I'm so sorry that he passed, and I'm sorry that you kind of have to go through this weird fucking time without him. I'm sorry
1: about that. Thanks, man. You know, he loved this. He had actually listened to a lot more of your your show than I even did. As soon as he knew I was going to be on it, he was, uh... God, Siri, shut up.
0: God damn it, Siri. God damn it. I heard it go click, and I was like, oh no, Siri!
1: (laughs) It happened all the time. Um... No, he, he was talking on that. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Um <laughs> disability problem.
0: Yeah, disability problem one oh one. When Fury <laughs> wants to talk to you when you don't want to run to her.
1: Um anyway, he really loved your show and he loved the idea of it. I think I first sent him it wasn't it's an old episode, but it's one where you had a devotee on. Um and sort of, I think it was a woman who had been in a relationship with a disabled guy and just kind of going through those sort of issues where you're like, you know, you kind of sometimes become a caregiver without even realizing it and just boundaries, you know. Yeah, we... I remember that
0: episode. My friend Stacy Gravitos, I think was her name. Um, yeah, I know. I definitely remember that. And wow, that was that was like... Episode fucking twelve. Yeah. We're on, ep- we're on yeah. episode like with all the quarantine and chills and all the bonus things. We're basically almost on episode three hundred, which feels really weird.
1: That's awesome. You've been helping a lot of people, man.
0: Like shit. But nah. I, I love that he listened to it, and I love that you then, like years later, reach out and we're like, hey, want to be on your show? That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Uh I'm telling you, when I first listened to your podcast, I was like, "Holy crap, someone that gets it!" Uh, yeah, it's it. I don't. It might not seem like much to you, but it it's. Uh, there's a lot of issues I don't think people understand.
0: Oh, we, my heart just fucking swelled. they will do it. Uh, that. That's so nice. That's so nice to hear because you know we. I do this in my bedroom. I do it in my house, and like I don't. I know people love it and I know they listen and I'm very thankful but like when you're doing it you're not like yeah I'm gonna reach the world you're just like gotta gotta do that content
1: I feel the same way I'm like oh this video is it really worth even is anyone watching Um, and then I get a cool comment you know like I said before and I'm like damn okay Like I, I, you know you can it's surprising and humbling but you can help people just by being yourself you know yeah. Showing them that it's okay to be who they are, and, and that's awesome.
0: Oh, you're making me have all the feelings, Mike. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I'm supposed to be professional. I'm over here crying on the mic, Mike. Uh-huh.
1: Mike. Mike, hey, Mike. Mike.
0: <laughs> Mike on the mic. Mike on the mic. Okay, I'm going to try to hold it together and move on to another COVID question for you. So. What advice would you give to other disabled people going through this right now?
1: Well, you can still be social online. you can you know don't uh, don't try to you know go out and do things that might uh, you know get you in danger, but realize that you can still follow your dreams, you can still. You know, maybe get an education online, depending on where you are. But, you know, this is actually a, you can use this to maybe focus on things you can do and things you're good at. Uh, That's what I would say.
0: I also love that you just totally cliched out and was like, you can follow your dreams. And,
1: well, you know, I was like, I gotta say some positive stuff. I'm not just gonna be like, yeah. I can masturbate all the time, um, although that, you know, that's fun, too. <laughs> uh, it's so
0: funny. Um, you should call it tantrabate.
1: Tantrabating.
0: I'm tantrabating right now. Yeah. Um, anybody listening, I'm sorry. This this show's gone off the rails, and I don't care. It's really it fun. It always does. It's, oh, Mike me. is one of my favorite podcast guests, so...
1: <laughs> this is what you get when we when we get together, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna totally stick to the questions." Nope, nope. Tangent City, tangent
0: fucking city, but it's totally fine. I'm okay with it. Besides, all you people, all you people listening, just want some friendly voices to guide you through the pandemic. Well, this is what you're getting. Deal with yeah. it.
1: We're all having fun.
0: <laughs> um, I did have a sort of pandemic-y question for you about being a black man with disabilities right now.
1: Okay. Okay. Um
0: you know we we know that the pandemic is hard is affecting people of color much more than it is non people of color or white people. Um how do you feel about that being somebody who's like doubly marginalized during a pandemic? Triply actually cuz you're cuz you're black, you're disabled and you're queer.
1: Yeah, I'm a lot of things, right? Uh uh I'm not sure I can even like, speak to any sort of specific black issue when it comes to this. I'm also, I'm half black. I'm, my dad's white. Uh, my mom was from Jamaica. I've actually started saying I'm Afro-Caribbean because that's a oh, thing. Yeah, I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, let me correct myself. Then. No,
1: I. It is such a strange thing, like, kind of realizing you're a lot of things. Even now, my friend makes fun of me. He's like, You've always been Afro-Caribbean. Like, okay, but I didn't realize that's what the term was. <laughs> Cause I, I, it's And it is sort of tough. You could say you're... <laughs> I'm
0: only saying this to you because I trust you and I know you'll laugh at this when I say it. You could say you're Afro-Crip-Caribbean.
1: crip I would probably get so much <laughs> that. Uh, And I already have, like, Cripple Critic. Um, but, <laughs> wow. Well, I just, I just mean that I, it's a complicated issue, even just black culture, you know, some would say I'm not, you know, I don't count, or like there's a difference between like, you know, African American people, and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, I, I try not to, uh, step on any toes, but, well, as far as that goes. Well, you're I, not
0: stepping on any toes, because you're in a wheelchair, so you're running over people. It's so.
1: rippling over them. <laughs> 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 oh my god uh but uh, <laughs> no i I haven't really i mean, I've always been poor, I don't really like to associate that with just race uh I've known lots of different races who are poor um it's probably harder to get resources because of that, and you add the disability to that um but also man, most of these sort of like what's it like to be X, Y, or Z? I'm just me. Every, the society puts all that on me. Uh, I'm not, I don't usually think about, wow, it's it's strange. I'm all these things. Uh, uh, but, I, like I said, I haven't really experienced something specific, uh, except that I would heard that it affects us worse.
0: It does. Yeah. So I, I would just... Wondering if you, you know, does does that, does knowing that it affects your populations worse, does that scare you and make you more vigilant to be
1: safe? What's funny at first, I was like talking to my mom about how like uh, she had, she's from Jamaica and uh, I told her that, you know, Jamaica has very few cases at the time. It was only like five, uh, I think it's like 30, but still it's not. Anywhere near us, and I was like, you know, and in a lot of ways, you would actually be safer in, in Jamaica. <laughs> um, because you, you know, it, it's very impoverished that country, but uh, hey, they still were able to be smart enough to lock down and not uh, infect a million people, so but like,
0: but like, if you went to Jamaica, you'd have no access to a lot of stuff because there yeah,
1: it's it's not super handicap accessible. Uh, I've been there twice, once when I was seven, and once when I was like twelve. Uh, that's actually a funny story I'll tell you about. Just airports in general is really, a, hey, you probably know it's it's. it's oh, I know. <laughs> it's a pain, but and they, they actually lost my wheelchair the first time.
0: <laughs> well, of course they did. I'm not even a little bit surprised. Yep, that sounds about right.
1: Dude. Um but yeah, it's 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 very different. I mean, as soon as you get to Jamaica, there's you know, you, you're not even you know how in airports in America they're connected to this I guess runway, uh, but you can still like roll onto it while in Jamaica you are having to go directly downstairs. Like you're not connected to anything when you land. Um and Mostly dirt roads, you know what I mean. Uh, but I mean, even air conditioning in Jamaica—like, if you're, if you have an air conditioning, you're considered like rich. You know, it's it's a, a luxury.
0: Do you have an air conditioner in your house right now.
1: But they're great people, and I love, you know, I always felt kindness from Jamaicans. Love eating mangoes right off the tree. That's awesome.
0: I mean. Mangos are my jam. My dad is from the islands. He's from Guyana, and he used to bring really? home. Yeah, not my not my bio dad. My bio dad's a, a not great human, and I <laughs> won't talk to him again. But uh, my dad, my like my like dad who raised me was raised in Guyana, and so he would bring home, and we're just going off on crazy tangents. But we, he would bring home um, sugar cane, and like lychee stuff, these little lychee things that are all sweet that they get over there and fresh mango from from um, from from the place from Guyana when he would go there and we would just be like, mmm, mango!
1: Um, It's awesome. I I eat a I'll eat like the popsicle like any kind of mango flavored. Um, I'm sure I'm not a great Jamaican. I've always Laughed about. I like, can't barely understand the accents. Um, it's so sad, uh, but, but I love the culture.
0: I don't know how to segue into my last question, but I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go there. But they, but um, so you told us that you, that you would want disabled people to live their dreams and like do what they do what they want to do during the pandemic because now they have all this time. What would you say then to? as a disabled expert kind of living through this stuff and having gone through social isolation and, and hunger and all these things we're going through right now, what would you say to able-bodied people who are going through the pandemic in a gentle, like kind. And if you were to give them advice about this pandemic, how to live through it as a disabled person, as a disabled expert, what would you say?
1: As a disabled expert. That's cool. You make me sound really professional. Um, uh, I guess because I'm disabled, I'm an expert on being disabled. Pretty,
0: I mean, pretty much. The answer is yes.
1: Yeah, I guess we, uh, we both are. Well, to, I guess, in a similar way, be safe, don't make bad decisions, wear a mask. Uh, and like I said, you know, just because you can't go out doesn't mean you can't hone your skills. You can. Uh, You can
0: learn about tanturbation.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Practice first. (laughs) (laughs) Practice makes perfect. (laughs) Damn right it does. But just, like, hone your skills. Find things you're good at that doesn't require going out. Uh, Yes.
0: Hone your skills is code for masturbation.
1: Oh, my God. You did it this time. It was not me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I had to. It
0: was like right there
1: and I had to. Yeah. Uh but uh and realize I guess that humanity's been through a lot and we can get through this too. Uh I I heard something funny about this uh not funny, but like the Spanish flu, you know, right right when that right after that happened, I think there was a the Roaring Twenties and there was basically like a a decade worth of partying, so maybe after this we can all party.
0: <laughs> Damn right. Twenty twenty one party Yeah. A tanturbation party.
1: Yes, I'd be there.
0: Yes, of course you would. You'd be the you'd be the fucking master of ceremonies at this tanturbation party. Yes. One hundred percent.
1: Um
0: Um I have no more questions. I just like chatting with you. Is there anything you any last words in your sexy dulcet Mike Matlock tones you wanna to tell the people?
1: uh stay safe people love you. <laughs> I feel like you could do so much better, but I don't know what well, uh I was gonna ask you a question.
0: Go on, I'm ready.
1: uh it's not that it's not sexy. sorry,
0: go on <laughs> are
1: you. uh I'm still you know? ready. I want to ask about that poster behind you. You you were saying I had an X-Men poster. That looks like X-Men.
0: It is X-Men, and it's not a poster. My brother actually drew painted that. That's me as Professor X. What? With And I'll put a picture of it on the Disability After Dark podcast thing so you can see what we're talking about. But it's a picture of me as Professor X because I won an award. I won an award for school like five years ago, which I never saw. By the way, I won five thousand dollars from the government when I was like twenty-seven for this you never thing. So I, no, I got the money, but it had oh. to, go to my. It had to go right to my tuition, so I I Andrew didn't get to blow it on like silly twenty-seven-year-old things like yeah, vacation or some crap. I, I didn't do any of that, but I won this money and I said to my brother, "Would you draw me as Professor X?" And so he did that for me, like like nine years ago ago now, and every time I see that picture, I'm like, oh, it's really important to me because, like, it kind, of, it kind of set me up to do what I'm doing now and the work I'm doing now. Not the picture, but, like, the story behind the picture because every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, I, I am making a change just like Professor X. Also, I kind of have... I'm into daddies right now. So am I. I'm kind of into fucking Patrick Stewart. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about listen about <laughs> listen.
1: listen okay patrick stewart is the man i had a crush on him like star trek me right
0: too there. yep <laughs> totally correct
1: uh-oh. uh-oh well i think that's awesome i mean on a different No, i was gonna say like mutants like that's well i don't know if you like x-men but i've always I do
0: I'm really, I want, really want Hugh Jackman's fucking Wolverine to make me do things to his body.
1: But, yeah.
0: like, you don't even know how much I want Hugh Jackman to do things to my body.
1: Yeah, but he, he's a nice furry furry man. Like,
0: uh, uh, and I wish he was Australian in real... I wish he was, like, Australian in the movies, because in real life he is. But you don't, he never uses his accent, so you're never going to hear it. But, like, take me, Hugh.
1: Take me now. So many gay boys agree with you. Uh, like,
0: take me. I but, mean, I did see a picture of him with Ivanka Trump a couple months ago, and I was a little bit concerned that they were friends, and that concerned me a little bit because I was like, "Oh no,
1: <laughs> no." But, I mean, I don't really. Most actors are not like, "Yes, I love your politics." Uh, you know, I try to separate the the two. It's hard, especially now, uh, but. I was going to say real quick about being a mutant. I've always had that connection because I I think people forget, even though it's about superheroes and stuff, X-Men were actually, the, the comics were inspired by the civil rights because they're outcasts, you know? Um, and I've always sort of understood, like, I've liked that idea that, like, there are people with all these amazing superpowers, but people are scared of them, you know, and don't understand yeah and it's it's just this idea of all this societal pressure put on you for just being who you are. Um, I think it's cool that I could still have that connection to an old show and comic. It's still important and relevant, you know?
0: Oh, it completely is, and I don't think, you know, again, we're going off on a completely different fucking tangent, but I don't fucking care. This is a great conversation. Um, I think that there needs to be more animated comics about disabled, not necessarily superheroes, but like just disabled people generally, I saw one that's in development on somebody's Kickstarter, and I backed it because I thought it was so cool. It's called um, "Keep Staring," and it's about about a bunch of teens with different disabilities just being teens. And I was like, "That's fucking awesome! I'll take all my money. Here's all my money. Take all of it." So that's coming out soon from someone.
1: That's cool. yeah. You know, there's a video game um, called well, it's. The name sounds bad, but it's called Disability Girls. It's a, like, I think it was like a passion project by a bunch of people online. Um, And it sounds a little bad from the description because it's about, like, a guy who goes to a school where everyone has the disability. Um, It's more of a dating simulator. But I was actually surprised when I looked it up because it sounds kind of creepy, you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like
0: it, it, feels, be, it feels a little bit inspo porny, ableist-y, weird.
1: But, but I'm I'm surprised. I've looked on, and a lot of disabled people say it was actually kind of heartfelt. Um, and it doesn't really like, even though you can date them, it goes into a lot of like their daily life and, you know, how it would be to live without an arm or being blind or in a wheelchair. Uh, but I would, you know, it's easy and it's really just like pressing clicking one button. So you I'd say that's another kinda of cool project, that I, I I did a let's play of it on my YouTube channel too.
0: And speaking uh, of your YouTube channel, how can the people get a hold of you and follow you?
1: All right. Please you can go to my Twitter at, at Crip Critic. Um you can look at my YouTube channel at Cripple Critic or email me at Cripplecritic at gmail dot com.
0: Do you have a Patreon that people can give you money towards?
1: I do, and it's the same. It's Cripple Critic. Uh, I was so shocked to actually have two people. um,
0: Am I supporting you? And if I'm not, I'll do that right now. I don't know if I am.
1: You're so sweet. Thanks.
0: Because, you know, I'm a gimp too, and I know how it is to make a buck. (laughs) Cripple Buddy. Yeah, we're grip bros for life. Uh, Um... (laughs) Anyway, that's all the questions I have for you. We could talk forever. I want to talk to you off the air because I like talking to you. But um yeah. Mike Matlock, the Triple Critic, this was so fun. Thank you for sharing sharing your pandemic story with us.
1: Thanks, man. It's always fun to be on here.
0: And I'm sure I'm sure you you and I should just come back and talk about our experience playing video games and being disabled. I would love to do a show about that.
1: Do that any day, man, please.
0: We we should definitely talk about that because I'd love to do an episode just about my experience playing really ridiculous video games.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> I know you, you, well, you just have experience with lots of knobs, right? So, <laughs> so do you. It's true, I do. You are correct. Um. All right, well, this is so fun. And we went off on, <laughs> we went off on like 67 tangents, but it was definitely. great. Cool. And if you're listening, I'm sorry that there was no structure to this, but uh, we already fucking recorded the structure one and then I lost it. So I was like, oh, fuck it. It'll be whatever it is. So this was a quarantine show with Mike Matlock. And um, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. I told you Mike Matlock was one of the most funniest, hilarious, hilarious hilariousness, sexiest guests we've had on the show. I told you he was. We had such a good time chatting, and I hope you enjoyed it. It was really fun to sit down with him and do this quarantine and chill. And again, I want to invite you to be on on an equally hilarious version of quarantine and chill with me. So if you want to talk about your experiences during the pandemic, whether they be good, bad, hilarious, restful, or stressful, you can email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and we'll go from there. Thanks, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye. Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright notice, 2020.